The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you gotta love it, it's good like it should be Makes you never wanna give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about building bridges between ourselves and our loved ones. And sometimes that's not so easy, especially if you've had a fight or if there's some underlying conflict going on or you just haven't really connected in a while. You want to rebuild those bridges. And so we're going to talk about bridge building, the love connection, which is the name of one of our chapters in our book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into intimacy a couple's guide and i have with us in the studio of course my wonderful co-author who i honor respect he's just a wonderful mentor for me great guy leonard simchuk and if you have been listening to this series on fighting for love turn conflict into intimacy you know that we've been going through all the different very important aspects of relationships and we're going to talk about chapter seven of our book which called bridge building the love connection now leonard is an author of several books he's a great speaker a psychotherapist a life coach he teaches writing and for the past 40 years he's worked both in australia and america as an educator and therapist he was the director of the family therapy program at the marriage and family center in beautiful sydney australia And then later he worked in Chicago with the Family Institute at Northwestern University. He's the author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which which was an Amazon bestseller, as well as the novel Cuckoo Forevermore. And this is a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy, which he knows a great deal about. And he, of course, is co-author with me, which I'm just so honored to be working with him, with our forthcoming book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. Leonard conducts seminars on personal and spiritual growth, and he counsels coaches and 
helps clients in Orange County, California, and he also coaches people on writing and writing their books. You can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com where you'll see his handsome picture, his bio. We link to his URL, which is roadmaphome.com. Thank you again for joining me in the studio, Leonard. It's always such a pleasure to be with you. And it's always a pleasure to be with you, Mari. It's just a treat to have been working on this book with you to, as, as you and I have talked about it many times, we've learned so much about ourselves and about uh, managing and healing conflict. Yes, and it's, it's for those of you who don't know, you know, he's the therapist and I'm the attorney mediator. So we come from very different perspectives. He, he has, you know, he kind of looks back at childhood and brings that and how does that affect us now and and I work on this you know the the present what's going on and trying to change behavior so we really come we are the yin and yang the yin and yang of conflict resolution it's and a bit it's a bit like uh for you mari it's healing conflict from the outside in i look at healing conflict from the inside out exactly exactly and we have to look at it both ways don't we we really are such multi-leveled people were like you know these onions you have to keep peeling back the layers of of what's going on with our psyche and be conscious and mindful of what we're doing and to build bridges we really need to do that as well last time uh last week we talked about boundaries and and how do we set boundaries and that was lots of fun but you know we have to have that balance between building bridges and setting boundaries so how do we do that leonard <laughs> well you know i think the boundaries really taught us about our the the i you know when we in a relationship we have each two individuals are in i and building bridges of connection have to do with the we so both are very necessary and of course today we're focusing on how can we build bridges you experience that in mediation i experience it with counseling and working with couples is how can they build bridges to feel more connected yes. more loving more intimate with one another and that's what we're going to be exploring today which is really quite exciting yes and even if people are getting a divorce which i've done divorce mediation for so long we still want to build bridges we want to build bridges we may not get that loving feeling back but we want to build bridges to co-parent. We want to build bridges so we can come up with agreements that everybody can live with and move on and feel respectful and satisfied and respect each other's boundaries. So we want to build bridges so we can create agreements, collaborative agreements, whether we're going to stay together and, and have collaborative agreements going forward or whether we're going to part and have a collaborative agreement in division of property, co-parenting, all the important issues. And, and it can be done. We can build bridges. So let's talk about, um, I guess, the, the, the hard side of it is why do we erect barriers and build walls between us. Why do we do that, Leonard? Well, you know, our walls are really our defenses. And really, when you look at our species, uh, to survive, we've had to build defenses. We've had to protect ourselves. And so our defenses are natural responses to any threat. Yeah. And so if I feel threatened, then I'm going to protect myself and survive. 
unfortunately, in relationships, we may perceive our partner as a threat. So if I feel that I've been blamed or criticized right. or hurt, well, then my guard goes up. I start becoming more into survival mode. So I, I protect myself. And that's when my defense systems operate. They come up like walls and to keep any threat outside of myself. So that's really, really defenses really are necessary. But in relationships, if my defenses come up and they prevent me from really having intimacy and closeness with my partner, then I have to look at, well, what am I doing to have these walls up and how can I lower the drawbridge, so to speak? Yeah. And sometimes the relationship between us and our loved one really is not the the what is causing the walls it's the walls that we've built up over years ahead of before right and we transfer what we learned as a kid you know or as in our relationships that you know we can't get too close we can't open up we 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 we're scared we're fearful of that intimacy and so um you know we may want to connect and yet it's like this, yes, no, yes, no, I want to connect, but I can't. And we don't often know why in the world we're not connecting, right? Uh, uh, you, you pointed out really uh, wisely here, Mari, in that what we bring into relationships, we're also uh, bringing from our childhood. And so if I put up a wall, if I felt threatened, if I felt rejected or abandoned, those wounds I'm going to bring into the relationship and those are the areas that I'm needing healing. And I can heal through a relationship by feeling more connected. And that's that's the key that we're all striving for. Yeah, and we had a chapter on patterns. And, and we talked about that on the, the show several weeks ago, about how we have these patterns. And those patterns get replicated over and over. And our spouse may not have a clue what they did that made you not want to connect and that's that's the hard part because if it's unconscious you can't even tell your partner right this is why i'm you know i'm, I'm having this issue or you know i think about my my own history with my family of all the women getting abandoned and and so that fear may have nothing to do with my relationship now you know that my spouse may not have any desire to abandon me, but that's in my psyche, and that's going to build up my wall, and my my loved one isn't going to have a clue about that. It's a great point. I mean, the same thing with me growing up in my family, single mom raising four kids. I felt at times that my emotional needs were neglected. And so if I feel my emotional needs are neglected in relationship, then my walls go up and then I retreat back to my old pattern, which is being self-sufficient independent. Right. But that works well, but it's uh, not the greatest for building bridges of connection. Right, right. So let's talk about um, some of the behaviors that really create walls in the present. You know, because even if we are kind of unconscious about those old patterns, if we can at least stop ourselves from creating these uh, negative patterns that build bridges, uh, build um, blocks between us and walls, maybe we can get deeper into that and find out what's going on or, or release 
those old patterns. Right. So let's take a look at some of these are some of the behaviors, typical behaviors that keep our defenses up. So, you know, the the win lose. I mean, we live in a culture often, particularly with sports, there's a winner and a loser. And in relationships, one partner may want to be right. I'm right, you're wrong. So if I say to you, Mari, I'm right and you're wrong, that doesn't really create very positive feelings for you if I want to convince you that I'm really right and you really are wrong. Right, there's no bridge between us. No, it means that uh, there's going to be a winner and a loser. And I don't know about you, but I don't like losing or feeling like I'm a loser. No one does. And we all want to feel like we're winners. And then blaming, criticizing, judging, judging, isolating, withdrawing. These are all behaviors that really build up the walls and defenses. Right. And, and, and it, sometimes it's not even a verbal thing. It just might be a look, like a disgusted look on your face or just ignoring, right? I mean, ignoring, turning your head away, not listening, just, you know, it may not be a word that you say. It just may be your whole body language is that I'm not into you. I don't want to be connected to you. I don't want to hug you. You touch me and I go, ugh, you know, whatever that, right? Exactly. So let's take a look at what happens. So let's say if you are in a relationship and you feel this disconnection, you feel the walls. Let's talk about what can we do? Because that's really what we want to help couples look at what can you do to start building this bridge of connection so you can feel more intimate well you know i just want to stop you there because some people might say okay like i'll just go find somebody else to be intimate with and and that's when i see it either they have an affair or the affair turns into something that they want to leave the marriage so you know the other spouse may may not even realize that they've done that and then they wonder like why have you left me you know it's getting those needs met. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that might be the first thing somebody might think of. Well, the heck with you. I'm out of here. I'll right. find somebody else well, that can love me up or whatever. Well, that's, that means that they've adopted the, the behavior pattern of withdrawing. Yes. So rather than really facing, so let's say if a person is having an affair, rather than facing, hmm, I'm feeling disconnection, I'm not right. getting my needs met in the relationship, right. rather right. than saying, listen, I need to talk with you that my needs aren't being right. met, we need to find ways to become closer, their behavioral pattern may be to withdraw or look elsewhere rather than face the situation currently. Right, 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 exactly. I think always go down to, I think we keep on talking over and over again, we're almost like broken records, Mari, (laughs) that self-awareness is the key. You know, if I'm aware of what behaviors I'm... I have that keep up the walls because often we see it's our partner that has the walls and it's harder for us to look at our own walls that we have erected. The key is to say, what what walls am I cr- creating that, pre- that keeps people out of my life? How do I close my heart to prevent my partner from getting in? Right. You know, right. asking those questions starts the ball rolling into yeah. self-exploration and then looking at what I can do differently. Yes. And and that goes back to asking the questions. Like, you're such a great therapist, Leonard. So people can come to you and you ask the questions that are important for them to answer. And then they hear themselves. But there are ways, which is what we're trying to do in this book, is for us to ask those questions of you in the book or as we're doing now. So you ask those questions and really be honest with yourself about it because it's so easy to look outside of ourselves. 
well, my partner this, my partner that. And that's what I hear so many times in mediation is, you know, what part of it is me? And then not to take on more than is you. You know, that's the other thing is, uh, and women tend to to do this more than men, I think, is that, oh, you know, I have, it's a kind of a codependent thing is like, what else can I bend over backwards and do flips backwards to, to please him, you know, and it's really about you recognizing that you want to build a bridge, being honest and, and helping that other person to say what they're feeling and what the bridges are. So you can look at what part of it is you, but also find out what part is them. So let's talk about that, Leonard. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's I just all right. Want... You know, because we, uh, we have, it's really your acronym, NEARS. Remember? Okay. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we, we created an acronym, NEARS. And I think uh, the NEARS is a really good way of how to build the bridges. So let's take a look at if we can maybe piggyback one okay, after the okay, other. Yeah. So the first one is N in NEARS. NEARS is for just nudging gently with a non-judgmental at- attitude to encourage open communication. It may be as simple as saying, hey, honey, um, I really feel rather distant and I really want to talk so we can feel more closer. That's a nice gentle nudge to yeah. say, hey, let's let's get together and let's talk about it. I, yeah. I, I'm not feeling as close as we used to be, so let's talk about it because my intention is to be close. Right. Now, I know if I said something, and, and that works with a lot of people, and, and some people it doesn't. I know if I say something like that to Lloyd, who's listening to this, <laughs> he would probably be put off by that at, to some extent because he would feel like he's not good enough, that, that there's something that I that he wasn't doing. So that I think that works for a lot of people, but I know him. And so I would say something like, you know, I really love you and I'd love for us to feel close. Let's, let's get together and see how we can do that more, you know, because I want to be pleasing you and I want to feel connected to you. I want to feel that we're building a bridge together. And so I would, I would say what you said, but I'd say it a little bit differently so as not to put him off. Well, well you kind of moved into the E in the nears, and that yeah. is to encourage your partner with positive statements. Yes. So really what you're doing is you're saying to Lloyd, hey, you know, uh, I just want us to be close and enjoy our company. Yeah. So you're really using a lot of positive statements right. and affirmations. I love you. I want to be near you. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, and then the next one, so we are, again, using this acronym NEARS. We did N is nudge gently without judgment. And then the second one is encourage with positive approach. And then A stands for really ask open questions, open-ended questions like, what can I do to make this work for us better? What would you like to see from me? How can I be more loving to you? How, how can I connect with you at a level that you'll feel really comfortable? So who, what, when, where, how are these open-ended questions? What's the next one? So we have next any A, A. R is reflect back by mirroring and maybe reframing to your partner. You know, mirroring is such a crucial crucial skill children need to be mirrored growing up i remember when my kids were young would say oh isn't that beautiful by mirroring back their excitement they were able to feel the excitement even at a deeper level mirroring is so important in relationships mari because if i didn't feel mirrored growing up as a child i really have this longing to be mirrored or i have a longing for someone to really deeply listen to me and the beautiful thing about mirroring is that 
our brains have a mere neuron so that our brains as we're feeling connected it's as if our brains are getting connected via our eyes yeah. and our senses and as we're mirroring we're starting to merge together and feel a deeper sense of connection and building that bridge you're talking about and building the bridge it's like eye gazing just gazing with our eyes mirroring yeah. creates this connection together so important right and then you can take the last one, N-E-A-R, okay. last one is S. Okay, S, we want to summarize when someone tells you something and that we show that we listen with our eyes, we show that we listen with our excitement, we show that we listen with our body language, we're looking at them, we're, we're just, you know, our, we're motivated to hear them. Then we summarize what they said so that they really feel validated that they were heard. And also when we do that, when we validate, when we listen hard enough, like you were talking about listening, when we listen enough that we can really summarize and really hear what they said and repeat back to them what they were telling us, they feel connected to us because we are really on the same wavelength. We really understand. When you have that deep understanding, a bridge is built between you. I had a couple uh, just the other day, Mari, and um, the husband, he did not feel validated at all growing up as a child. Mm. He was always discounted by his parents. And so in the mirroring, in this relationship for the building of the bridge, it's so important. I could see when his wife validated him, his eyes would start to sparkle. Mm. His face would light up. It's just like, wow, it was like he was given emotional food. So right. for him, that validation was so important to to fulfill something that he never received so i mean part of summarization as you're saying is giving them validation yes for um, what they are doing and how they mean what they mean to the relationship yes mm. and it's empathy empathy mm, and empathy. empathy is such an important thing between love loved ones and i know this um and recently with my daughter she was going through a hard time and you know, I, I realized that I need to really, even though I have a different thinking way of thinking, I had to really listen and understand and repeat back. And then she felt validated because I could see when I was saying different things to her, like, it's going to be okay. She'd say, you just don't understand. And then I, I, I was not connecting. And then I had to step back and really, really listen and kind of repeat back what she said so that she knew that I got it. And then she said, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. And I could just see the difference between her cutting me off and getting angry that I didn't understand to where she said, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling validated. Yes, that's it. And I think that's with our children, with our friends with our loved ones especially with our intimate loved ones if we want to build a bridge of intimacy and connection we have to be empathetic and the key is as i see one of the keys mari is is really checking out with our partner what really makes you feel heard understood and validated because it very interesting this kind of goes into i, I think the next section is the yeah. languages of love yes. because each couple right. has different ways so for for the, the wife uh, in this couple i was talking about for her to really feel loved or understood and validated she needed to be touched yes. so she needed her husband to hold her hands while he's he mirrored back to her reflected back to her and acknowledged what she had to say that made her feel connected 
Yeah. This kind of takes us into into the language the of language. love. Yes. Uh, I love the book by Gary Chapman. Yeah. talks about the five languages of love. Yeah. And the five languages of love are so crucial because each of us, to feel loved, mm, maybe operated at one of these five different languages. And as you listen to this program, pay attention to what your language of love is. Yes. And you, and you know, the other thing, Leonard, when we think about our parents again, you know, often we will pick up on what their language of love was. And, and that might be our language of love. And sometimes it's not, of course. But um, yeah, I can see it even in what happens with sometimes with people is they will give their language of love to their partner, but that isn't really what their partner wants, right? Right. You know, their partner may want something different. Like I know for in my relationship with, with Lloyd, you know, he does things for me. He does wonderful things for me. That's his language of love. I've learned that over the years. Yeah, so let's take a look at the langu- the, the five languages. Yeah, so, let's do that. So let's take a look. I'll talk of the first one. The first okay. one is words of affirmations and appreciation. Now, that's one of my languages of love because I rarely heard positive, affirming words when I grew yeah. up as a kid. Yeah. And so uh, some partners want to hear, I love you, I care about you, or I appreciate what you're doing. You know, words of affirming and appreciation, that really gives the sense that, mm, boy, you really are a loved person. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's um, a, often a very important language that couples need yeah and especially for people who are verbal like you are you're outgoing you're very verbal you're very articulate if you don't hear that it, it's it's a it's a big loss and i'm like that too i need that kind of language of love where someone uses those words so that's an important one another one that gary chapman talks about is touch like you were talking about before and and touch is so important you know we hear about these um you know experiments with babies like the children the, the babies in russia that were not touched and they grow up and they have terrible psychological problems so Touch is really, really important, but some people are more comfortable with being touched, like out in the open. Others are okay to be intimate in the bedroom, but they don't want to be touched out in, you know, public. It's very uncomfortable for them, and others don't give a darn, you know. So um, that's another thing is, uh, are, do you want to be touched, and how do you want to be touched? And is it is it only during sex, or do you want to be touched? You want to be cuddled, you want your arm around, you want to hold hands, you know, I know sometimes Lloyd, like, his hands get too hot. <laughs> he doesn't want to hold hands. <laughs> you know, I want to hold hands. So, you know, it's, again, what you're comfortable with and expressing to each other. Because otherwise, you might feel rejected. If, if someone doesn't want to hold hands with you, you might feel rejected if you don't understand that that's not their language of love, right? Absolutely. That was a language. We weren't a very affectionate family growing up. So, again, for me touch is very important so yeah. of course my big languages are uh, words of affirmation and touch uh, it really um, uh, makes me feel connected the third language of of love has to do with quality time mm-hmm. now some couples just love to have quality time you know can i spend time with you my daughter loves quality time i'm spending time with her this is our time together or that's, a, yeah. that's a, an important thing. So again, yeah. it's looking at what is quality time, and that quality time gives a sense that I'm valuable, I'm loved, I'm important, enough to have time together. Yes. And you know, the uh, 
quality time. Some some people need to have that space that we were talking about, I think, last week. You know, having like, how much time do you be together? How much space do you need to have? Do you need to be with friends? You know, because when you're in a relationship, um, I can't, I can't meet all of Lloyd's needs and he can't meet all of my needs. Maybe I need to have time with girlfriends sometime to go away and he needs time to go fishing with friends. So, you know, having that quality time, are we, have we worked that out to make it understood quality time and quantity and quality? But then the next one is acts of service that I told you, Lloyd, like he is he shows his love by doing acts of service for me, for other people. That is a real way of showing his love. The acts of service, guys tend to be acts of service, doing, fixing. Right. So let's say if you've got a partner and he loves to fix things and doing things, and uh, just recognize that may be his way of right. showing you that he really cares about you and loves you. So, and I'm aware of the time, and I just want to throw in this last one, the last gift, the last um, language of love is gifts. Some people prefer gifts, you know, cards, chocolates, flowers. Uh, these are also, this again conveys the, the message, you're important, you're valued, you are loved. And, and we, we are going to have to finish soon, but I think it's really important that having intimacy and having in a relationship and having sex also is important. It gives you that, that sense of vulnerability and being together and connecting at a mind, body, and spirit the whole thing but we are really just out of time so we'll have to leave that sex for another time <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us Leonard you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org in the net I'm Mari Frank join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com thanks that some people die for love and I believe it's true cause I do the same for you the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.